Get you some radio. I just wanted to look at the customer and say, look, I don't care about this. Can you tell me why you're struggling with? Can you tell me why this is causing you a problem? Can you tell me you're experiencing? And then they wanted to talk to me because I'm making it about them. I'm talking to them about their world and their issues, and they were excited. The minute I turned it about me, you know what I liken it to, Terry? It's like a date. Yeah. You walk up to a girl or a guy in a bar, and you start saying, hey, I can bench press 350 pounds, and I drive a, a Ferrari, and I've got a house over here, and, and my cup size is this. People like turned off. But if you walk up to them and say, hey, tell me about what you do. You know, oh, my God, that you're, in, you're in nonprofit. So what's the name of the nonprofit? How long have you been doing that? What got you into that? People, just right? Yeah. But the guy who walks up and starts talking about himself, they, they roll their eyes and walk away. No, no, no. Your weekly dose of inspiration, inspiration. Perspiration. perspiration, and just the right amount of bull defecation. <laughs> the Get You Some Radio Show with your host, the vice president of Making Shit Happen, Terry Lancaster. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Get You Some Radio Show. I am Terry Lancaster. Super excited about today's guest. Uh, my buddy Keenan is on the show today, and uh, Keenan is a, a sales superstar. He's a, he's a guru, he's a trainer, he's a thought leader, he's an influencer. He does it all, and he's, he's had a couple of best selling books. And, uh, and just like uh, Cher, Madonna, and Shaggy, he only goes by one name Keenan. <laughs> the, the book is, he got a new book out called The Gap, Gap Selling. We're going to be talking about gap selling today. And Keenan, uh, first of all, get ready. Keenan is a bundle of fire. He's, he's a Red Bull fueled rocket launcher. So, uh, just, so be, be ready for it. Sit down, grab tight, hang on. We're going to talk about everything you thought you knew about selling, why relationships don't matter, why there's no such thing as a close, why you never sell to what your customer needs, and all the stuff like that. You're going to be, you, you need to hang on. Get ready for it. We'll be back with Keenan after this. Make more friends sell more cars. 97% of car shoppers say they would prefer to know their salesperson before they ever set foot in the dealership. People buy from people they know, like, and trust, and they refer their family and friends to people they know, like, and trust. Visit TerryLancaster.org to learn how your sales staff can get more reviews, more referrals, and more repeat business by building better, stronger, more authentic relationships online and in real life. TerryLancaster.org. Keenan, my brother, what's going on, baby? What is up? That was one of the best intros I've seen in a grip. So I <laughs> love you, man. I, I gotta, you can have that clip, baby. You can use it all you want. <laughs> thank you. That was good shit. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, like I said, every word of it is true. You're, you're, you're a bundle of fire. I, I, love to, I love to watch your training videos, love to watch everything you do. I don't always agree with everything you say, but you say it with conviction no matter what you say. <laughs> I won't say it if I don't believe it, bottom yeah. line. And I won't say it if I don't believe it, and I believe it because I've done my homework. I don't just make shit up as I go along. So <laughs> I'll be able to defend it too. All right. Hey, listen, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I was reading the book over the weekend. So I'm reading the book and I'm, I'm in the first chapter. And what is it? You got your nine power laws of sales. Is that the first thing? Nine that truth bombs. The nine truth bombs of sales. And I'm reading through there. And I think there's number four about, uh, about customers don't like change. No one likes change. And you talk about the power of longevity. Why, why GM and all these corporations have such, uh, such brand power because they've been around such a long time. And yep. then I'm, I'm going through and then like the very next page, 
you're telling uh, you're telling them that, that I think it's number nine that no one gives a shit about you. It doesn't matter how long you've been in business. It doesn't matter everything that you know, all, all the stuff that you do, all the great things that you do. And and I thought to myself, you know what, Ken is full of crap because he just said a page ago about the power of longevity. And uh, and I've, I've never had this. Ha I've never had this happen when I'm reading a book. But it was like you were in my head, man. Because as soon as I thought that, I read the next paragraph, and he goes, "No way!" And I hang on a second. Hang on a second, because I just said a page ago <laughs> that, yeah. that, that, about the power of longevity and customers don't like change. And you explain why it does matter and how still no one gives a crap about it when you're trying to sell them. So explain that little difference there. Yes. So look, long, longevity, people don't like change. It's, it's, it's proven a thousand times over. So if, if you don't believe that, I'm not going to waste a second trying to convince you. It's like talking to a flat earther, okay? These <laughs> flat earthers believe to their core that the earth is flat. I'd have no time to waste on that. So if you actually believe that people like change and change isn't hard, I'm not even going there. Okay, so let's move on. So, yeah. so that's a fact. Change is hard. The other thing I talk about is the idea of longevity bias. Okay? And so longevity bias is this subconscious bias that we have. It's not conscious bias. It's a subconscious bias that we naturally gravitate towards things that are known or have been around for a long time. So I put that on the table so that people understand when you're trying to sell, that's where their head is. Even if they're thinking they want change, feel they need change, want to change, they're still combating this longevity bias of familiarity that, well, this has worked for a long time. I'm familiar with it. I know, I know about it. It's comfortable, right? The flip side, though, is when I say nobody cares about you, I'm specifically talking about the selling methodology where we talk about ourselves. I'm on the Inc. 5,000. We've been in the week, Inc. 500 fastest growing companies. We're at Fortune 500. We have six partners that came from these places. You know, we do this. We do that. We're located in these places. No one cares. Nobody cares about your little resume, whether you're an individual contributor trying to get a job or you're, you're a salesman trying to convince somebody they should work with you. Nobody cares about your accolades and your resume until – they believe you can solve, they believe you understand their problem and how any of that stuff actually helps them believe you can solve their problem. Oh, that's a waste of time. So just, that's what I say. That's, that's how it all breaks down. It, 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 they, they don't believe it except unconsciously and you, and, and you can't really talk about it. I think you talked about it in there. So that's, you know, the way, the, way the, uh, the sales game has changed. You know, people, customers aren't coming to us for all the information there. All the information is already out there. So all the information about your resume and how long you've been in business, they need to know that before they get to you. Yeah. Or, or that's how they get, yeah. Yep. Yep. Why not? Get, get, put it on the website. Let them find it. Because look, here's the deal. Uh, one of the things that, that makes me good at selling, made me good at selling when I was a kid, and made me good at selling when I first got into it, was my empathy. I have an uncanny knack to put myself in other people's shoes. So when I first started selling and I sold through my life and then I ran sales teams and I started a sales guy consulting, what I always said was, wait, what's important to the person sitting across from me? And I remember when I first got told to put those PowerPoint presentations together and it said, we're XYZ company and we, have, we, have, we do this and we have this and we are all about customer service and our customer experience rating is 85%. It felt so in, inauthentic to me. I just wanted to look at the customer and say, look, I don't care about this. Can you tell me why you're struggling with? Can you tell me why this is causing you a problem? Can you tell me you're experiencing? And then they wanted to talk to me because I'm making it about them. I'm talking to them about their world and their issues, and they were excited. The minute I turned it about me, you know what I liken it to, Terry? It's like a date. 
Yeah. You walk up to a girl or a guy in a bar and you start saying, hey, I can bench press 350 pounds and I drive a, a Ferrari and I've got a house over here and, and my cup size is this. People like turned off. But if you walk up and say, hey, tell me about what you do. You know, oh my God, that you're, in, you're in non-profit. So what's the name of the non-profit? How long have you been doing that? What got you into that? People, just right? Yeah. But the guy walks up and starts talking about himself. They, they roll their eyes and walk away. Yeah, I think the last chapter in the book was it's not about you. It's not, it's not about you. And you just mentioned that your, your power in sales comes from your empathy. I was having a conversation with the general manager for car dealership last week, Thursday or Friday, and uh, we were talking about, about hiring. And I asked him, I said, so what are you looking for when you're hiring salespeople? What are the attributes that you're trying to find? He's having trouble hiring salespeople. And he said, I'm looking for two things. I'm looking for ambition yep. and empathy. Are yep. those the two like, things you look for? Yes. I, I switch them a little because normally I'm in B2B. But yes, if you get someone who's super empathetic and super ambitious, you're more than halfway there. Yeah, Look, yeah. you need other skills like what I call the athletic skills of a salesperson. I believe you need business acumen. I believe you need creative thinking. I, need, I believe you need to know um, uh, critical thinking, right? Because if, if, if you have all the ambition in the world and you have empathy, but you can't critically think, you can't process on the fly, you cannot, then you're, you, you know, it, yeah. yeah, I can't do it. So you, you, you're rattling off the questions when you're asking the, asking the young lady at the bar and talking to people. And most of those questions had the word why. And one of the, one of the chapters in the book was about the power of why. What, yeah. what does why accomplish? It helps you get to the people's motivation, right? So when you ask why, why is the, you're asking the reason. When you ask the reason, that gets you to the motivation, like, why did you have me on the show? Why did you start your show? Why did you wear that coat? Why did you ask your wife to marry me? Why do you have the, I think it's a Ferrari Testarossa and a 1968 Chevy SS right next to it, right? Am I right? Camaro Supersport. Yes, it is. Okay, so I got the SS, right? So Chevy SS, so yeah. So yeah. why do you have those there, right? Why do you have a Grinch? And any of those answers are going to begin to give me insight into how you think, how you process, the outcomes you're looking to achieve achieve, et cetera. And when I get that information to my point about critical thinking, I can do mountains with that. Yeah. I can do mountains with that. All right. Let's talk about the book, Gap Selling. Tell me about gap selling. What, what, what does that mean? What's the gap? The gap is the space between the current state and the future state. And to be really quick, look, I, you, you brought it up in the beginning. Sales is about change. That's a fact. That's like, that's a sales physics. You cannot buy something or to have a sale that doesn't have change in it. That's the whole point of a sale, is getting people to change. So therefore, I was like, well, wait a minute, if our, whole, if our whole process is to get people to change, then we need to be change influencers, right? Our job as salespeople is to influence the change. So if we're to influence the change, how in the fucking world do we not have a sales process that's built on how we change? So I was like, well, let's step back and see how we change. Well, the first thing we do when it comes to change is we sit in our current state and we say, what is going on in my life, in my company, in my job, in my role, in my whatever? What's my current state? What do I like about it? What don't I like about it? What's going on with it? How does it affect me? What's the negative impacts? And we process it. And somewhere we go, I don't think I want to be here much longer, right? Or someone does that for us. Someone pokes us and makes us look. And then we start saying, hmm, maybe I think there could be something better. Well, that's the future state. So we start asking ourselves, okay, what could my future state look like? What could it be? How could it be different? And as we go through that process, there's a gap. And the size of the gap drives the value to us. And that dictates the cost. 
and that dictates the, um, the, the intrinsic motivation. So what I, Gap Selling does is it literally teaches you how to sell to align it with how people decide and think about change. You figure out their current state, there's a bunch of elements to that. You figure out their future state, there's a bunch of elements to that. Then you do the math, and the in-between is the gap. Small gaps, not much motivation to move, highly transactional, low cost. Giant gaps, complicated, tons of money, high implications to move. There you go. Did my All best. Right. Gap selling in five yes. minutes. All right. So, and, and, and right, like I said, first, first page in the intro, you go through all the stuff that you're going to challenge in gap selling, stuff that, that, are, that, is, that has been handed down from, 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 from Mount Sales whenever it was a thousand years ago about, uh, about relationships, about the power of relationships, about the power of the clothes, about the customer's needs. Those are the three that just popped up, but there was a whole list of nine or 10 things that, that, that people believe and believe forever about sales that are wrong. So let's start yes. with the person one. Relationships don't matter? Seriously? Yes. Yes. So I, I, I tweak that word a little bit, but I do it because we use relationships too often in sales as a moniker and overlay for likability. If I hear that phrase, people buy from people they like, it's like and trust every day, I'm going to throw up in my mouth. Because yeah. you don't have to be liked. You have to be trusted. 100% have to be trusted. But you do not have to be liked. And people buy from people they don't like every single day. Yeah. Common common thread to people buying is not whether or not they like you, it's is there value in what they're buying. I could right now, Terry, call your wife every nasty name in the book, I could punch you in the face, I could put a bunch of stuff out on social media, what a jackass you are, but if I had a 19, oh no, 2005 Ferrari Enzo, yeah. and I was going to sell it to you for $25,000, you're gonna buy it in spite of the fact that I've kicked you around for weeks. Is that the truth? Absolutely, absolutely. People, you, that, 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 that was your thing. People don't have to like you. They will buy from you whether they like you or not if you have the right other elements. But let's go back to the no like which and trust. Value, which is value. Value. And yes. value, convenience, there's, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. But, but the, no, the no like and trust, uh, which, which is, I actually had Bob Berg on the show a few months ago, and he basically coined the phrase uh, from Mount Sales a thousand years ago, yeah. uh, uh, all things being equal, which is the catch because no, nothing's ever equal, right? So, yes, uh, right. nothing's ever equal, yes. Yeah, so, so that's the catch, but no, uh, and, and I'll, I'll give you this, of, of, the, of the no like and trust, like is, is absolutely the least valuable of the three, but they have to know you, yeah? Define no. Well, they, they, well, they, have, to, they have to know you to, to, to have a transaction with you. Oh, they have to be able to find- Technically yeah. speaking, in B2B, yes, but I'm going to say no, because I just bought, okay, it's my daughter's birthday tomorrow. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. Okay. And yeah. so I just bought her a telescope online. I didn't know anybody. Yeah. I buy stuff on Etsy all the time. I don't know those people. Yeah. So no, you don't have to know the person. I didn't, I didn't want her to hear me. So <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to know the person. No, you don't. And it's getting less and less that you have to know the people, right? So, so no, what you have to do is trust. Trust. You do have to, trust is most important by far. It's critical because yeah. if you don't trust, then you don't, the information that they're giving you, you don't rely on. And if you don't rely on the, on the information, then you can't make an informed decision. So trust erodes your, your belief that you're making an informed decision. Outside of that, you don't need the other two. Yeah. Can they help? I, yes. Yeah, so, can they help? Absolutely, yes. But 100%, 100% not necessary is what you're saying. 100% not necessary. What I tell people instead, and the reason I put this in there isn't, well, one, to fire people up, but two, <laughs> is to get salespeople to stop trying to be liked. I wrote a post on this in HBR just last week, right? 
Too many salespeople attempt to try to be liked early in the sale. Oh, hey, I see your Ferrari over there. You into Ferraris? Don't ask me that shit. It's wasting my time, right? Yeah. I want you to earn credibility. Credibility over likability. If you start building yourself as a salesperson to build credibility, you'll go 10 times further than likability. Credibility over likability. Yes. Because I, I was going to ask you about that because I read that in the book. There was actually the study, and I'd read the study somewhere else before I read it in the book about salespeople who rate their need to be likable perform much worse than salespeople who rate the, you know, their desire for likability much lower. I forgot exactly what, what the. What you the got it. Is. But uh, the desire for likability does hind is, is hindering your ability to sell. Yes, it is. Yep. All right. Oh, hey, so, so the, the, the Ferrari back over here, I'm not so much a Ferrari fan. I just needed a, a, a yellow car because it popped off the background there. So if I had a, if I had a yellow something else, it would look good. But uh, the Ferrari, Ferrari looks okay. I'll take it. Yeah, it looks good. It's a Testarossa too. I like it. Yeah. So, so uh, and this one, this one I 100% agree with because I, I've been saying this since I got into sales 30 years ago, that there's no such thing as a close. If you have to use some word trickery to get someone to buy something, you haven't done your job a long time before you ever got to that point. And if they're going to buy, they don't need word trickery to sell anyway. Yeah, you nailed it. You, you get it. Not much to talk about it. The sale happens. In, I mean, the close happens in the beginning. If you get to the end and you don't know why they need to buy and you have to use some word trickery and you say, well, if I do this, well, you, you, you fucked up a long time. Yeah. You, you missed it. You, you ran right past the street sign and now you put it in reverse trying to get back. So it's, it's just foolish. Teaching right. Anybody comes and says, can you teach us closing techniques? I'm like, yeah, I'll teach you how to sell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my, my only close has always been asking, you get, don't, and you won't. You have to ask. You have to ask for the order. You have to ask for the business, but you have to, I mean, it, but it, it's, uh, the assumption is 90% is of it. Just, uh, just, just go yeah. do your job and everything else takes care of itself. Yes. Do you, know how I, do, do you know how I close my last deal? Literally, it was Friday afternoon at about 2 o'clock, just by coincidence. I don't always close things at Friday at 2. But do you know how I close my last deal? Go we ahead. had a conversation about his future state, his current state. We spelled out the size of the gap. We, um, we laid the whole thing out. Then I explained how a sales guy helps people with that, our approaches, methodology, et cetera. He asked a bunch of questions, and then I sat there quiet, and he goes, when do we start? There you go. Silence is golden, baby. Yeah, when do we start? I understand. Yeah, so it was, it was a given. It was a given. Yeah. So, uh, hey, and, and just uh, so you mentioned it, a sales guy is your training company. That, that's how you get paid. That's how you make your living teaching uh, the gap selling and, uh, and other training uh, sales techniques to, to B2B corporations. Yeah. Consulting, consulting, training, and recruiting. Training yeah. and consulting are different, but yes, consulting, training, and recruiting. Yep. A sales guy. Um, so, so let me see. So don't sell to your customer needs. This is, this is the third golden, golden calf that we're going to kill today. Don't sell to your customer's needs. Yes. This is one that kills salespeople, kills them because they get happy. They get excited. Terry calls me up and says, Hey, Keenan, I need consulting services, right? I need them. I'm looking to buy them. We want to start in a month. We're looking at a couple people. We want to talk to you. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, they want consulting services. It kills salespeople. So they just accept everything the client says. And then they get to the end of the sale and the client says, well, I went a different direction. I chose not to go. And you don't know why. So what I say to people is you, you can't trust the, the buyer knows what they need. You just can't. And even if they know they need to solve a problem, you can't trust that their assessment of the solution to the problem is appropriate. Right? And so I say the minute someone says, I need, I get excited because at least it's a customer who recognizes change might be in their future. So I use that as my jump off point to say, fantastic, Terry. 
Can you tell me a little bit about what's behind your desire for consulting? And what I dig in for is to find the real problems. And 90% of the time, I'd be like, you know what, Terry, I understand why you think you need consulting, but it seems to me that it's not consulting that you need, or it's not this type of consulting. It's this, and you need this, and you need this. Like, yeah, 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 that's what I want. Yeah. Well, I'm the only person who brought that up, so guess who gets the win? Right? I talk about it in my book when I talk about the Palm Pilot. Remember my Palm Pilot story? I do. That was great. Yes. I, I mean, for your audience, I'll be super fast. I walked in thinking I needed a charger. After a bunch of questions, the guy realized or asked me, and I realized I didn't need a charger. I needed a new case, even though I had a case, because the case that I currently had was the reason my, my um, a Palm Pilot was running out of battery. The case kept pressing and holding the buttons down until they ran out of battery, and he, he knew that, and he sold me a case that had cutouts in a new case that couldn't do that. So I went in thinking, hey, I need a charger. Just give me a charger. And he was like, no, you don't need a charger. You need a new case to keep the damn thing from running out of battery. I didn't know that. So if he had sold to my need, he would have sold a charger. By selling to my problem, my unidentified problem, he sold a charger and a $50 case. Yeah. The great part of the story was he, he sold you that after you ripped him a new one for asking you questions, you know, three times, like, just sell me the damn charger. And yes. uh, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't take no for an answer. So uh, Yes, yes. So, so here's a golden calf that you didn't kill on this in, in the list. So I'll ask you this one. Uh, buying is emotional, not logical. True, not true? Uh, not true. It's both. It's both. It's both. And there's a fantastic book, and I'm going to shh. I think, I think um, my books blend sometimes. As you get old, that starts to happen when you yeah. read a lot. But I still think the book was uh, How We Decide. If I'm wrong, I apologize. And they did a study on people. Well, there are some people in this world who actually don't have the emotional decision-making process. Like a, there was, it was fascinating. This guy either got in an accident or had some surgery. And so he didn't have the emotional component. And so they placed in front of him the ability to make a decision. And you would think it would be really easy. Toothpaste, make a decision. Well, what they found is the logic behind it all could go forever. It's the emotion that puts you over. So they would say toothbrush. He's like, okay, logically this. But then he'd say, oh, but what about this? Oh, what about this? And he was actually frozen. He couldn't make a decision on anything. Yeah. Because the logic tree kept going forever. So what they found is they come together. You cannot make decisions on emotion only. And you cannot make decisions on logic only. They play interchangeably. And I don't recall how they explain how they do it and how to play with them. But so the answer is no, it's both. It's both. The logic triggers the emotion and the emotion then triggers the logic. What else do we know about sales that we don't know? What are we wrong about? Give me, give me one more golden calf before I move on. Uh, golden calf. Um, the, 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 really good salespeople have to be smart as shit. Not true? Very true. Oh, it is true. Very true. It's yeah. not that you need to be gregarious. It's not you need to be outgoing. It's not that you need to be friendly. No, the best salespeople are super, super smart because their ability to process information quickly and break down a problem on the fly gives them a competitive advantage when Terry's explaining something to me and I can see, anticipate, uncover, and redirect the client in a millisecond based on their information, their facts, and where they want to go, puts me in a much better position than a person who can't do that because they miss the trends, they miss the directions, and they, they could miss the same. And I would say 90% of that is done unconsciously, that they're, they're, they're smart and they know where it goes without having to stop and do, make the decision about where to take the conversation. They yes. just know. 
They just know. Yes. Yeah. Have you read Blink? Blink by Malcolm yeah. Gladwell. Yeah. I'm that's that, that. Right now. Yes. There you go. That's 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 the one. So let's go back to your the, the first book that I read of yours, which was Not Taught. And uh, I've had a screen in my in my training deck for the last two years out of Not Taught that says your house isn't your most valuable asset. Your social media presence is your most valuable assets. And the, and uh, the whole a, a great big chunk of Not Taught was about the power of reach. And this is one of the things that I teach salespeople now, automotive salespeople, B2C salespeople now, is about the power of reach and your social media presence and, and being known uh, before, before they get there. So, so how, does, how, does that in, how does that all play out now? Look, I, I pro- well, I, I'm a huge fan of understanding the power of reach. And, I, and reach, I think I said it in the book, I can only think of one, maybe two, but one, oil and gas, right? And maybe real estate or land as two things as an industry that's more valuable than reach. But most people don't see reach as an industry. They call it media. Mm-hmm. And no one understands media isn't the industry. The reach is the industry. That is the resource that the media is leveraging. The reason that CBS can charge more for a commercial during the football, I mean, during the Super Bowl than they can during uh, Blackish is because more people are watching the Super Bowl. That's reach. And up until the new millennia, right, up until about 2005, 6, 7, the average individual did not have the resources to develop their own reach. The closest we came, and what we called it back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 60s, was your network. And you physically had to build that. Well, that is a difficult path. You can't get a million followers um, uh, face-to-face, right, and anal- an- an- uh, from an analog perspective, right, face-to-face. Now you can get a million followers digitally, and those people will buy from you, recommend you, get you into a job. It's your network or Rolodex on steroids. And if you don't understand or appreciate the value of that and you don't build that, you are just got your head in the fucking sand. And I say that with all the passion in the world. I have made millions of dollars in the last 10 years, directly from my reach. Hands down, directly from my reach. I couldn't do that. I would not have this job if I was born 15 years earlier. Technology did not exist. Yep, did not exist. It's a new world, brother. It's a new world. So I promise everyone, if they're going to pay attention to my reach, if they're going to spend 30 minutes a week uh, listening to me talk to my friends uh, uh, on, 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 uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, on, on the podcast, on iTunes, on YouTube, all the places this is going out to, if you're going to spend 30 minutes with me talking, listening to me talk to my friends, we're going to let you walk away with one thing, one action step you can put into place in your life today. As soon as, you put, as soon as you put down your phone, what's one thing that you can do? And I ask every guest this. So, Keenan, give them one thing that they can do today to start making their life and their career better. And we're talking B2C business uh, salespeople? 90% of our viewers are, 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 are B2C salespeople. Yeah, so B2C salesperson, but, but human beings. I mean, everybody is everybody. So, what's one thing that they can do? Learn to be better question askers. I have this little exercise that I do. It amazes me how bad people are at asking questions and they don't even realize it. They don't even realize it. So this, this um, little game that we play uh, in a lot of my trainings, I say, okay, pick something you absolutely love to death and are super passionate about it. Make, make a mental picture. And they say, okay, now imagine your son or daughter comes into 
your um into your your office that morning and they say dad i did a report on whatever you pick so pick pick, pick something terry anything ice hockey okay ice hockey dad i did a report on ice hockey well you don't have time to rewrite the report but you want to know if they've got a good report before they go out the door what questions would you ask them to determine if they had a good report and it is amazing how many people get stuck after four or five questions or the questions are horrible, horrible, because they don't know how to ask questions. And if you're passionate about something and highly knowledgeable, you should be able to rattle off a thousand questions and they can't. Yeah. We're not good at asking questions. Learn to ask questions. And, and, and why, why is the most valuable question? Because it's how you get information. It's how yeah. you understand. If you go through life not understanding, what the fuck are you doing? Like everything you do, you want, you want to get your boss to give you a promotion? Well, your ability to understand your boss's criteria on promotion, your, your ability to understand what your boss values, your ability to understand how your boss thinks, your ability to understand the philosophy your boss attaches to the job, it all comes from understanding. Learning how to ask questions is how you understand. You got a relationship with your wife? You guys are fighting half the time. You're telling her shit. Well, you do this and you do that. Learn to ask questions. Learn to ask how your wife feels. Learn to do it over time. Learn to ask before. How was your day? How many other questions can you ask to get your wife talking about her day besides the one or two questions before you move on? Yeah. Dude, it's everything. Questions is everything. Most of us go through life trying to protect our worldview, and that's why we don't ask questions. Learn to expand your worldview about everything around you. Keenan, my brother. So if, if we need you, if someone needs you, how do they, how do they find Keenan? How do they get in touch with you? They can basically go to a salesguy.com. They can search a sales guy or just put Keenan in and you'll find me. I'm too, I hate to say this. That's the downside to reach. I'm too easy yeah. to find. Yeah. I tell, I tell people if I, if I owe money to the mafia, I'm dead because I ain't hiding from nobody. <laughs> Amen. They find me in two seconds. All right, man. Uh, listen, I appreciate you. Go have yourself another cup of coffee, another Red Bull, and get, get the day going, man. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening. Y'all have a great day. Love you, Terry. Love you. Get you some radio. You've been listening to the Get You Some Radio Show. Subscribe today at terrylancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big, wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and get you some.